Hungry baby, mm-hmm. episode seven of Rags to Dishes podcast. I'm Max Messier Richter, and with me, as always, is Dan Cotter. Hello, everyone. What's up? Nothing much, bro. I got you a little something. You got me a present. Yeah, I got I got Max here a gift. Fuck. And we're gonna do a live unboxing podcast. Here you go, man. This is wild. Merry early Christmas. <laughs> it's a shirt. It is a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Tell the people what it says. How on did it. you get this? It's from my friend's shop. So, shout out to Crops R.I. Yeah, from Crops in the Kingston Emporium. It's a barber and beauty shop. And what's the shirt say? It says, if she's your girlfriend, why is she playing with my mullet? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Hashtag free mullets. Yo, a more important question may have never been asked. Then why is she playing with your mullet? You know, people like to make fun of the mullet, but they're jealous. I lost my V card with a mullet. <laughs> is that the reason why you lost your V card? I've V-card? had three mullets. Do you think you'd still have your V card if you didn't have that mullet that night? Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. And I will say that for all of you young listeners out there that are contemplating getting a mullet, you will not regret it. It's so worth it. It's great. It's the perfect way to peacock. <laughs> so thank you so much for that gift, Dan. You're I cannot wait welcome. to wear it everywhere. <laughs> yes. Probably to Christmas dinner. I mean, you should. What a fucking present. And so last week we left off talking about how Dan Cotter is the Kevin Garnett of Expo. Indeed. And we thought we'd put a little more thought into the other Expos and what NBA players they would be. And I, I want to. I want to start with me. Well, you're a tough one. I mean, I hadn't really like. I thought of one for myself. I know you did. Didn't you say it? No. Well, yeah, I did, but like I put more thought. Oh, into it. let me hear your new one. So my new one is Dirk Nowitzki, and here's why. Wow. Underrated. True. Hall of Famer, but probably not thought of as one of the top Hall of Famers of his class. Even, even though, though he's he like a top 10 scorer. Yeah. He's like number six in points all time. And I mean, like, not to say I'm like MVP caliber. I don't know if Dirk won an MVP, but I did get, I think he did. He did get his ring and oh, he did. It was worth a lot. And that was the best. Yeah, that's why. I loved that finals so much. Awesome. LeBron's first year with the heat and they were all cocky and shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, uh, but like, uh, Dirk got like sick during the finals or something. And he had like, it wasn't like Jordan flu shit, but it was like, he had like a cold or something. And like D Wade and LeBron had like a press conference and they were like subtly making fun of yeah, Dirk yeah, yeah. by they like sniffling. Him, right? and, like, yeah. like, oh <laughs> and then Dirk went out and murked them yeah, and dude. won the finals yeah. when the, the 
Heat were supposed to win not five, not six, not seven, <laughs> and they fucking barely won two. Dirk just snuffed them. It was so sick. Yeah. I'll let you have that. I mean, I mean, to me, you're more of a J.J. Barea if you're going to talk oh, about man. that. Just brutal. Maybe we're a Rafer Alston. <laughs> Hito Turgaloo. No, that's a good one. Turgaloo was a beast, dude. He was a beast. He, was, he, he also he got would in trouble for steroids, though. He would be sick in today's NBA, though, because he's like a big body that could bang threes. Like, he's exactly what everybody wants in the NBA now. This is an NBA podcast, by the way. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Expo anymore. Yeah, no more. Now it's rags to buckets. All right. Other Expos. So, all right. Tuba, obviously. This is the first time we've talked about Tuba. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Tuba. I know you're not listening, but you will be soon. Yeah. No doubt he will Tuba, be. Tuba, one of the most beloved. I mean, <laughs> my first thought is definitely the unicorn Kristaps was <laughs> <laughs> I mean the hair, the lankiness, the uh I, I get that. I, I personally think that Tuba's personality is way too sweet and nice of a person to be Chris Apis Porzingis. Yeah, I coming from Porzingis someone that didn't live of, with him for five years. <laughs> <laughs> but I think of Porzingis is I mean, as a Nick fan, we all hate him, but I think of him anyway as kind of a dick. Porzingis? Yeah. Oh I mean You know, did you ever read about his rape charge? Oh no, oh, honey! It's bad. It's oh bad. no. Okay, I'm it sorry, Tuba. It, it also it doesn't really make sense because they say that it happened when he had a torn ACL. Yeah. Ooh, that's rough. So it's like it's weird. Like, how did he do that if he was on a torn ACL? Yeah. Well, but let's not talk about that. Yeah, that shit's it's, it's a dark up. road. So Tuba, Chrisapis Porzingis. I was thinking Will Chamberlain. Will the still is a good one. It's a good one, but it's like. I don't know if Tuba's ever putting up a hundred points in an expo shift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Tuba, but like Tuba was dope, but it's like you know. <laughs> he's just not Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain wasn't even that good. I mean, uh, uh, maybe that's a hot take, but uh, Wilt Chamberlain, I mean, people hated playing with him. He was kind of an asshole. But uh Maybe Bill Russell then. Bill Russell's a good one. I don't know. I don't know if Tuba has eleven championships though. But but Tuba's definitely a lanky ass motherfucker. I was I was gonna say maybe Moses Malone or what did you say, Manute Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Or just Bowl Bowl. (laughs) Tuba is Bowl Bowl. All right, so let's go let's go to let's go next down. How about we talk about Burlingame? Burlingame. Legend of the Expo Station. My first thought is the Birdman Chris Anderson. He does have a Batman logo on his neck. Dude, the right tats, now. maybe Kenyon Martin or something because of all the tats oh and God. shit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about for Burlingame. Because I don't remember. Burlingame is an expo, I probably like B. Plus. Like, I don't remember him as an expo that much. Like, I remember him being like good, but not like, you know, amazing. Spectacular. Yeah. He, we also worked with Burlingame in the tail end of his establishment career. Yeah, exactly. Burlingame might be our first guest because he is in town until January. And from, maybe I shouldn't say this, but from his mouth, he said himself, you got to get me on because I have done more drugs and had sex with more women than anyone of all time. And that's content right there. I mean, that level of smarminess we just need on this pod. Whether true or not, I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear him talk his fuckboy bullshit. So, uh, Birdman, Burlingame? I mean, yeah. (laughs) The Berlin game, Chris I, Anderson. I think that is the most on point one yet. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, who's next? How about Julian? 
Oh, dude, that Circling was back. that was easy. <laughs> Julian is definitely D'Angelo Russell, snitch ass <laughs> motherfucker, snitching out Swaggy P. Oh man, ruining his relationship okay. with Iggy Azalea. Next, Desiree. <laughs> Desiree. All right, Desiree. She's I, putting on for the girls. She's the only girl expo I worked yeah, at. Yeah, and she, she did kill it. I would say Desiree to me is a Kyrie Irving because she's good, but in her mind, she's like the best. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yo, you're good. You're, you're, you're not that good. Okay, you, so, sorry, Desiree. Shout out to Desiree. You want to hear a funny story about Desiree? I mean, I'd love to. I'm, so I live for that. So me and Desiree, when we worked together, we were pretty much like, on the same level, like working the same types of shifts, yeah. you know, probably getting paid the same. But when I was younger, I worked at an establishment in Narragansett where she was the head expo and I was like, you know, 15 or 16 mm-hmm. and I worked a clam cake station. So we just fried clam cakes and shout out to Desiree because I'm about to run you through the, the dirt Desiree a little rainbow. Bit. But uh, Desiree was such a bitch. At this, she wasn't really a bitch, here, but at this place, she was such Yo, a. If bitch. she's mad, like don't don't oh fuck my with her. God, dude. she bugs out. So <laughs> she, anyway, she'll, she'll give it to you. Pretty much the only like interaction I would have with her at this first job is like, you know, like they need six clam cakes on like, uh, like a little boat that we go put over where like the line cooks and stuff are putting food up, and we would fuck with her so hard. <laughs> Just like putting five clam cakes in oh, <laughs> instead boy. of six. Oh, boy. Giving her 11 instead of a dozen just so she could be like, I need another fucking clam cake in here. And that's exactly how she would say it. And uh, yeah, so who do we say she was? I say she's Kyrie Irving because it's Kyrie like Irving. she's good. She'll hit a big shot in the finals game seven to if help you, you need. beat yeah. the Warriors. But she's also going to like throw LeBron under the bus and shit. Did you hear that shit Kyrie said the <laughs> yeah, other week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was like, oh, Kevin Durant is the first player I've ever had on my team that I can like trust in the last two minutes of a game. To shoot the ball. And it's like, bro, you played with LeBron fucking James, the king yeah. of basketball. <laughs> You're going to say that shit? I mean, that's, he also doesn't believe in like dinosaurs and thinks the earth is flat and shit. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Well, that's like Desiree with her murder podcast, you know? Like everybody <laughs> has their obsessions. <laughs> Okay. Shout out to Desiree, love of my life. We had we had great times at the Expo Station. Who's next? Ben Murphy. <laughs> ben Murphy. That's another easy one, dude. Delonte West, <laughs> <laughs> panhandling on the corners for some change. So a uh, little background. This will probably be the only time we even talk about Ben Murphy on this podcast. But uh, so Ben Murphy was a kid who expoed. He worked the swing expo shift. So yes, he was he pretty did. much just stocking and yeah, covering yeah. cigarette breaks. Yeah. If he needed to go outside and smoke, he'd have to work the window. He was a younger dude. And when he like showed 20 up or something, 21, I think he was a little older than that. Because if I was like 19, maybe, maybe he's 21. Anyway, this dude was living on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was uh, rather homeless. Uh, didn't he spend some time in the, in the stop and shop parking lot, like I remember, he used to chill like at the picnic table. In the- oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! The, like, but he didn't really seem like a kid that would be homeless. Like he seemed like a kid that moved out from California and was trying to do the same thing that everyone that moves out to California does. Yeah. Like, just I'm reverse. just gonna get by. It's like the summer. It's nice out. Which I mean, whatever, man. Do you? You Dude, know, it's hard out here to get the housing. It's hard but out here for a pimp. Ben Murphy's famous because. Kind of randomly, like, you know, usually when people at a job go crazy and get fired, like, 
you see it coming, you know, like it's building up where with Ben Murphy, it was kind of just like flick of the switch. Oh man, this kid's fucking out of his (laughs) mind. So I remember like I was there the night that he quit or got fired or whatever. I'm like out back breaking down boxes because I was a dishwasher at the time. And he comes out and just starts thrashing the boxes all over the place. Just like, like bugging the fuck out, breaking shit. Anyway, it's like a mad busy summer weekend night or whatever. And we go back inside and I forgot who was expoing, but he was like the help. And Jimmy is just tearing this guy. Oh yeah. Jimmy was ruthless. Just like, can you fucking read and put the pickles on the fucking fucking screaming at this kid and Ben Murphy? Like you see him just like, (laughs) I don't know what the fuck happened with his mind that just switched off like that. But anyway, Jimmy classic Jimmy thing to say is, you know, get your fucking head out of your ass. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember this moment. So he's like, you better get your fucking head out of your ass, kid, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And he just goes, you know what, man? No one tells me to get my head out of my ass and just walked out. <laughs> and that was the end of Ben like, That's the straw of all the things that Jimmy's going to say. It's no one tells me to get my head out of my ass. I put my head where I want to. Oh my god, dude! Jesus, that was such a great quitting moment. Like, I don't know if we've we ever had a better one than that. Ugh, I wish, like, I always think, like, when I'm quitting jobs, like, I should do something sick, and then I'm like, okay, well, you can't really do dude, that, dude. Same here. I remember wanting to be an asshole when I quit the establishment, but like, you're an asshole if you do that. Like, yeah, I mean, I got fired, so but gotta take that for doing some road. asshole shit. <laughs> but, checks out for you. Um, so who else do we have left here? How about Tim Sweet? Uh, Talk about Tim Sweet a little bit, because me and you raised Tim Sweet. Tim Sweet couldn't have had a more appropriate last name. He was a little sweetheart. (laughs) He was a little nerd, and I remember he he liked to do things like he could build computers, like he would build like gaming PCs and stuff. So he was like computer smart and like a little nerdy, but like he would tell like like dorky like dad joke type pun things, like it'd be like. (laughs) And it'd be like, Tim Sweet, coming alive. Right. Like, <laughs> like, he was one of those shy nerds that, like, when he came out of his shell, he was actually, like, ah. like dorky in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. Like, Lindsay very... Miller type dorky. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like, oh, you're kind of fun when I'm not annoyed by you. The other thing about Tim Sweet that, like, pissed me off working with him, but looking back, like, I think it's so funny, is that, like, when Tim Sweet worked there, me and you were dominating the expo station. Oh, yeah. And brutalized this kid. Yeah, absolutely brutalized. It was baptism by fire. Yeah. And like he took it really well. He did. And he got very good at expo. He was. But throughout the whole process, his reaction would just be like, I don't really like this. Yeah. I I don't really want to work here. Yeah. Which is like as he got better and better at the job. And it was just like, oh, my God. He would always do like the Reagan yell. Like, "Ah!" Ah! (laughs) that was the best Matt Reagan's yelling. What do you want? What do you want, bro? <laughs> Dude, Tim Sweet. Shout out to him. He wait, was... so wait, who's his basketball player, though? <sighs> that's tough. I'm trying to think of somebody that's, like, like super dorky as a basketball player. And, like, I mean. Steve this, Nash? <laughs> well, that that's a good one. But I was, like, even more dorky and appropriate. But I don't know. This, this player is definitely way better than Tim Sweet. Because Tim Sweet's not like a top 10 expo all time, but Tim Duncan is who I thought of because <laughs> Tim Duncan is a straight up dork. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> that MVP picture where he has the jean shorts and like the uh, like Birkenstocks on it. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's how I think of what I, I think like of that. Tim Sweet. I'll give Tim Sweet Tim Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> and unless I'm missing some other ones, I don't even want to do fucking Harold Childress, but uh, I guess we're up to the the villain of them all, J-O-C. J O C. J O C in the place to be. I've given this some thought, and I think it's I think it's got to be Latrell Sprewell. I not think, not Ron Artest. I think it's got to be Sprewell because Sprewell choked his own coach. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was what was it like PJ Carlissimo? I think Sprewell choked his coach. I think at a practice once when he was playing for the Warriors. And no, I think it was in a game. I don't know. Now, I, I don't think there's like footage. Of okay, it. like okay. I think it was at a practice. It's like one of those legend things that there's no footage of, but. I can't think of a more appropriate analogy to the way that JOC treated treated Max in the order of the establishment. <laughs> when it's like the things he did to the owner, it's like the equivalent of a player choking their own coach in front of the rest of the team. Also, Latrell Sprewell, didn't he like didn't he deny like a fifteen million dollar contract just being like it's not enough for my family? And then, yeah, and then like <laughs> fell off like a motherfucker and never got another contract. Shout out Latrell Sprewell. Dude, remember his shoes? With I the, had his jersey as a kid. That's a sick jersey to have from which team? The Knicks, obviously. of course. Wait, did you, do you remember his topin, shoes? baby. OB Toppin. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I of saw course. him uh, live play against URI. He looked good, dude. He's a beast. He looks like LeBron when he goes up to dunk and cocks it back. He I looks, like that. I like hearing that. I mean, he ain't going to be LeBron, but. As long as he's a Mari Stoudemire. <laughs> <laughs> that's still pretty good. Dude, uh, uh, what was I just going to say? Um, I think... Dude, Spreewell, do you remember his shoes? Yeah. Do you, with yeah, the, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. spinning rims yeah, on the side totally, of it? Yeah, totally, dude. There they was, they were one so kid, sick. There was one kid at my high school that got the Spreewells, and he was one of those kids that's like maybe a pseudo Tim Sweet type where he's like dorky and nerdy, but like constantly craving like attention and like a class clowny type way, but he wasn't like the class clown. Like yeah, people yeah. didn't really like, like him. He was just kind of like an extroverted dork. And he got the spree wells, dude. And he'd be walking around the halls of the high school with the rim spinning. For those of you that don't know, Latrell Spreewell had a signature sneaker that was like a basic basketball high top. But like on the outside of the shoe was like a little plastic chrome rim that when spun every step you <laughs> took, it would like spin like the equivalent of like LA lights shoes that would so light up. G, dude. They were the most ratchet G shit ever. It's like who it, you wouldn't play in a basketball game with basketball shoes that have spinning rims on the side of them. But like the, sh- the shoes are just the epitome of Spreewell. Uh, this is super off topic. I mean, not really because we're talking about basketball right now, but you did get me this awesome shirt. And I remember when I was in like ninth grade, my friend's mom made me this iron on shirt that was, it was literally just a black shirt with Shaq's head on it. (laughs) And I would be, I was like the new kid in high school wearing this shirt, walking around the halls and like all the OG like hood dudes would walk by and just be like, so <laughs> just because I have Everybody the Shaq shirt Shaq, on. Dude. dude, who does not like Shaq? And the hood people appreciate an iron-on t-shirt. <laughs> they're used to selling them outside of concerts. <laughs> All right, well, that was good. That's a good basketball team we got right there. Yeah. Fucking bird man, dude. dude uh, <laughs> Chris, the bird-ass man. So we ended with JOC, and I know that I bleeped his name out last episode. Probably for the best. I feel like we have to... Not get into JOC because he'll 
We have to like we got to give them a taste. Yeah, we have to like give them a like an idea of what is going on with this character that so, we've been dealing with. My, what I like to say, if we're going to talk about JSC and the place to be, is this man got two DUIs in a twenty-four hour period. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man that got two DUIs in one day. This is not an easily accomplished feat. <laughs> like, let that sink in for a minute. Two in 24 hours. Yes. I'm pretty sure the story was he got a DUI. He got, like, out of, like, the police station or released or whatever. Got and then was... <laughs> got, he was probably still drunk from his initial arrest. Was like, fuck this. I'm going to keep getting drunk. And then crashed his car and got another DUI. <laughs> That is, that is almost admirable. How savage! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And JOC, like, when I tell people stories about JOC, it's like the reason this podcast is being made in a way. Just because, obviously, everyone's dealt with bitchy waitresses and yada yada yada. But this is a character thrown into this bunch of misfits who makes it just like unbelievable. People I work with, are like, you went through that working in a restaurant, dude. He was insane. Where like. You got to witness what was going on there? And it was a thing where, like, I mean, I guess at the end it was so bad, but, like, every time something would happen with Justin, it would become more ridiculous. Yeah, Like, he gets two DUIs in one day. He, like, he threw a brick through a window of a bar. He, like, you know what I mean? He had sex with an underage employee yes, and was, like, yes. okay with it and bragging about it. It was, it, he was, oh, my God, he was such a character. The thing is, though, I kind of liked him. That's the thing. It's he's such weird. a he's such like a little snake that like he's one of the he's a lovable douchebag. And yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like every time I've like reconnected with him since like the establishment days, it's like good when I see him. It's like oh shit, what's up, man? Like in like amicable and everything, everything's yeah. fine. But in the back of your head, you're like you're like this guy's this a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's done some fucked abhorrent up shit. shit. Fucked up shit. You want to hear a good story about him that will give you like an idea? I guess it's not even from the establishment, Lay but on me. a couple years later, after working there, I'm like at this bar that I hate, and I've been meaning to drag this bar through the name, but fuck the Muse Tavern oh, and I everyone that works there. Fuck the Yo, Muse Tavern. This is so spicy anyway, right now. Anyway, just coming out here and saying that. But I was at the Muse Tavern, and... Drinking with my buddies, whatever, and I see J-O, J-O-C, and I hadn't seen him in a while, like years, and I was like, oh my, you know, psyched, because I was like, oh, fuck, like J-O-C's here. Anyway, me and Johnny B, with Johnny B, go up to him to go harass him, and J-O hates Johnny B. Well, of course, because you you guys are the type of people to just walk up on him and start harassing him in the middle of a fucking bar while he's minding his own business. So he's talking to a girl, and the girl is a girl that I went to high school with that you know, I'm decent. I'm cool with, you know, he's cool with it. And jo- Johnny B immediately is like, got any cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great opener. And uh, he tells him to go fuck himself. But anyway, JOC is talking to this girl. Let's call her Anna. Okay. Fair enough. And I'm like, Oh, Anna, you know, JOC. Like I could tell you some things about JOC. And <laughs> he's like, shut up, shut up. And uh, he's just like, yeah, please don't. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what, Anna, like, do your thing. Like, I'm going to, you know, it's nice to see you guys. And I walk away. Anyway, like 15 minutes later, JOC comes up to me with like a Corona and he's just like, 
Thanks for not telling that girlfriend about all the fucked up shit I've done. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, dude. At least, smash. at least he's humble about it. At least he knows that, like, <laughs> he's uh, On a whim, shit. he can just be completely exposed for criminal activity. Yeah, but that's the thing. He was still likable. like, And he was good at expoing. He, yeah. All right. First of all, yes, he was a good expo. Top the, five. Top five, but it's like we could only think of, like, eight expos, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. That's, so true, it's that's like, true. It's, it's barely top 50%. But, like... He was good, but you could tell he was one of those kids that it's like when he was being a dick, he was kind of like doing it on purpose. Yep. Maybe for like comedic value or something. Like so it was some of the some of the times you couldn't be like mad at him for the shit he was doing because it's just like, oh, you're like pseudo pranking me. Like it's a joke and like I'll get over it's it. It's like a game. Yeah. It was like a game. But he was really just like a him not making the goddamn croutons was like a fucking game to him. Yep. <laughs> it used to drive me insane. Or him not fucking uh, heating up soups. Oh, dude, that was pathetic. He got in so much shit at that job just because. You're a dumbass if you don't heat up the soups. Okay. Okay. Well. Let's, well, hold let's, up, hold up here. Let's no, talk about no, sir, you hold up. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me break it down for the listeners. <laughs> so when you open an expo at the establishment, literally the first thing you do is you grab the cold soups from the walk-in, you put them into pots, and you put them on the stove on like a low heat to start heating them up. It's part of opening. You heat up the soups, you put them in the steam table, and you set it up. But the thing is the soups aren't on the menu until lunchtime. So jackass motherfuckers will try to put off heating up the soups until like it's lunchtime in order. But like during lunchtime, it's going to you're going to be busy expoing and you don't have time to go to the walk in, get the cold soups and heat them up. And the stove is like busy at that. point. Yeah, the stove will be full of prep projects. So you can't be like, hey, I need to put four pots of soup, uh, like take up four burners out of like the only 12 we have. And another thing is. You need to heat up the soups at a low temperature so you don't burn the shit out of the chowder at the bottom of the pot. So it takes a good like half hour to heat up the soup because you can't just put it on the stove on high and just like roast the bottom of it. So like waiting to heat up your soups until there's an order is stupid as fuck because your only choice is to like microwave a single cup for that person. Which happened. And you're pissing off the line cooks because there's only like one microwave on the line and they're like, we need this for our shit. And now you're putting the soup in for another two minutes. Like it was just like a dumbass shit to do in JOC in the place would be, to be, would do it every fucking shift. He would never learn shit like that. And it seemed like it was a game to him where he would be like, I'm going to see how mad they get when they realize I didn't heat up soups yet. Let's talk about Expo juice for a second. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought we would never get to because this. Expo juice for like he's the perfect example of someone that was so fucked up on Expo Juice that he thought he could do everything so fast. Oh, he was super. You know what I mean? Like he was Kal El. He's like, yeah, dude. Do you have like any slaw rays? Like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Like it'll be done in a second. And he's just running all over the place, fucking himself over because he's fucked up and he thinks that he's moving faster than he actually is. Yes, yes, he is. Now, now, for all the listeners at home, I know you're you're asking this one question, but what is Expo Juice, pray tell? It's cocaina. Cocaina. <laughs> the fruit of the cocoa plant. That white girl. The fruit that of the Lindsay Expo Lohan. <laughs> that, that Cameron Diaz. You know, you know what? If Tuba was an actress, I think he'd be Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 
Because he gave me one of my first boners. There is something about tuba. Yeah. So, dude, J.O. J.O., master of the Expo Juice. Yeah, so he we called uh, Cocaine Expo Juice because... It got people through work It made you sick at doubles. Expo. Yeah. If you were on cocaine, you would kill it. Now, what was what was lime juice? Alcohol? I think lime juice was just Jack Daniels. Like Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim Beam. <laughs> lime juice was just alcohol. I forget. We had some other prep juice was weed. Yeah. Oh hell. Because yeah. it's just like you're hell just getting big yeah. while prepping and chilling. You know what I'm thinking about now? Because we're talking about the expo station and like the expo is usually the guy to go do this, but booze runs for the restaurant. Booze runs. Yes, booze runs are great. B-W-W-R-U-N, B-Run. B-W-W-R-U-N, yeah. What a, I ain't got no alcohol, and that don't make no sense at all. B-W-W-R-U-N, B-Run. Thank you. I, when I, before I was 21, every time J.O. or you or someone got to go to the liquor store for, like, a run and I had to cover Expo, I was like, why don't I get to go? Like, why don't I get to leave the Because you weren't fucking around? 21, dude. But then, when I remember when I turned 21, I went to go on my first booze run, and, like, I'm writing this enormous list dude, that everyone wants, and I have, like, $386 yep. in, like, random people's money, and I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't want to do this. I mean, I mean that that's the thing about the establishment. There, it's a place that didn't have a liquor license, so there was no like bar to, for us to take beer from. So at the towards the end of every shift, someone would go to O'Neill's, probably maybe Pure Liquors, and get a bunch of booze and for so everyone. Many cigarettes and booze, cigarettes, and, and dude, if you forgot somebody's cigarettes or something, you'd be you're you'd be fucked. fucked. Especially when you didn't have any like money left over and it's like oh shit like and yeah i forgot your fucking 40 ounce yeah that's fucked up if you didn't have the money or the cigarettes for the person how does that happen you're just bad at math i guess but uh it was also like a thing where whoever was like the person that just turned 21 was usually the person to go like i remember when jay lee turned 21 and it was like you're finally the beer run person that jay lee (laughs) had to go get the beer every time Oh, beer runs time. So Expo, yeah, Expo had to do it a lot because towards the end of the night, oh, it we was a station you could walk away yeah, from. Yeah. It was a station you could walk away from and have the person go to the liquor store. Which I guess, I think that's a good point where we should move into the transition of like us dealing with the waitresses. Because Oof. when we would go on that booze run, you know, Nikki or Sonia are the ones that are going to Expo the food until we get back. Yeah, the, the wait staff would just Expo their own stuff while you were gone. Which begs the question, why do you need an Expo in the first place? <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. We should try to remember people's beer run orders. Because, all right, Extina was always, was, Extina and Jay Lee loved Sailor Jerry. Okay. All right, Jay Lee was always about that Sailor Jerry wasn't somebody on like Magner's cider for a while or something? I forget. I I can remember people's cigarettes better than I can remember. Oh yeah, cigarettes is easier. Like Maggie K, Camel Blues. Yeah, she's about them. Ca- that Camel. Bethany likes. Camel Blues. Yep. Extina Newports. Uh, yes, Extina, Jimmy, and Shea Boy were all Newports. Uh, Dan Sly. Oh, dude, he was one of those. Sevens? No, Dan Sly nah, was one a, of those motherfucking American Spirit Blue motherfuckers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The American okay, yeah, Spirit Blues is one of the top cigarettes at the establishment. D-Biz is American Burling Spirit Burling ass game. No, no, Burling game's American Spirit Yellow. Oh, what a hipster. Get out of <laughs> here, Burling game. You know, 
I was Marlboro Reds, and I'm trying to think of anyone else there was Marlboro Reds. Well, I was Cami Filtos, so I was I was okay. the Caleb yeah, Brown, yeah, yeah. so that's went, the equivalent of Marble, Marlboro. And uh, Lil Jake is also he was Cami Filtos. As no, he spilled. Oh, he's, was it? Yeah, he's uh, spirits. True, true. Old man, big cigarette. <laughs> Everything's big compared to him. Knowing, knowing everybody's cigarettes and like what they smoke and what they drink is just like. It's nature of like working at the establishment, especially in the expo position, because as an expo, you are like this center of everything in like terms you're an, of you're analyzing what's going on around the kitchen. Yeah. Like like we mentioned last episode when we were talking about Matt Reagan fraudulently saying it was the most difficult p- position in the kitchen. It's like <laughs> you as an expo, you need to know the front of the house and the back of the house. So you have like. A unique relationship with the line and also a unique relationship with the front of the house. Like you have opportunities to be like you're the middle man. Yeah. So it it gives you an opportunity to be like the favorite of both of those groups of people or like the sworn enemy. The villain, yes. Of both yes, of those yes, groups of people, yes. depending on your performance or the shift or just what's going on. It's like you could be pissing off the line. You could have everybody in the damn restaurant mad at you. You you could literally have a Tuesday night where you're about to bang a waitress, and that next Wednesday she hates your guts. Oh, dude, probably because you suck at fucking, dude. Like, or you suck at expo. <laughs> I mean, they're both true for both of us, so you know. Not me. <laughs> With which one? Either. <laughs> All right, all right. I mean, it's been a while since I've exposed, but <laughs> it's been a while since I fucked. <laughs> Got cobwebs down. But there, yeah, dude. the dynamic and like in a lot of cases, you are because you're mostly between the line and the wait staff. Sometimes you pick a side. Yeah, and like it, the like the lines mad at this waitress or these waitresses are mad at this line guy, and you got to be the person to defend to get in between. Like, hey. Jimmy, calm the fuck down. It's not yeah, her fault. Or like, exactly. hey, you know, Sonia, that fucking burger's coming. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you could white knight like a motherfucker and be protecting <laughs> protecting weight staff from Jimmy's wrath and shit. Also, Chris, dude, he was always a dick. Chris? Schmidt, yeah. To the weight staff? He yeah, well, I mean, the weight staff would hate him so much. I just feel like because- the thing I feel like they hated him because his whole thing was like, You guys aren't my problem. Yeah, and he would you know also I mean? just be shitty. Like, it's like if you're like a lot of the wait staff would work. Obviously, they work like the same shifts every week. So there are people that work like just breakfast shifts and then like one night shift. Yeah. So they're used to like a breakfast cook. And it's like if you're a breakfast server and you're used to like Shea Boy or somebody being on the line that's just like slaying it and giving you like super good eggs, super quick, like you're expecting that. And then when you get Schmitz as your line cook, you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? I, I saw, I, I saw Lindsay <laughs> Miller send back eggs to Chris Schmitz. And it was one of the most epic things I've ever seen when Schmitz, he was such a lazy, shitty fucking breakfast cook that to scramble eggs, he would just like pour the eggs onto the flat top. And then he would just like, Smooth them around with his spatula, dude. Like he wouldn't gray, gray eggs, dude. Gray eggs, but also like they wouldn't be scrambled; they would be like folded. Like yeah, you remember yeah, how yeah. we had the folded eggs for the <laughs> breakfast sandwiches? So like he would 
give up like a two egg scramble breakfast and it would look like a shit omelet <laughs> because it's like the eggs weren't scrambled. It was just like yeah, an yeah, egg yeah. patty, yeah. an like oblong a, yeah. misshapen. It looked like a fucked up omelet. And I remember LJM once like brought a plate back into the kitchen from the front of the house and just threw it in the window and was like, they asked for these eggs scrambled, not folded. And then just turned around and walked out of the kitchen, like a boss. And Schmidt, got him. Dude, it was a savage. Got him. It was like probably Lindsay Miller's greatest moment. But then I remember Schmidt. He just like, because it was Lindsay and it's the only other person that worked there for like 15 years at that point. Schmitz could just like, sh- all he could do was like sheepishly grab the plate out of the window and be like, all right. And like redo it. And you know what's happening after that. What's happening after Trickle-down fucking-omics. Yes, trickle-down fucking-omics. Then the expo's yeah, getting pissed. Then he's going to treat the us like getting shit. Pissed, yeah. Then the dishwasher's yeah, getting pissed. Exactly. He's just going to treat the fucking expo like a dick because he's mad because he got punked by LJ. Because you can't fucking scramble eggs. Dude, you can't scramble eggs. It's literally like the first thing of your job. I will say, too, that I, I think we touched on this a little bit about how when Chris would come onto the line, everything would slow down. Oh yeah. And on purpose, cause he was slow as fuck. And if you were like trying to bang shit out around him, he would get mad and tell you not to do it. Yeah. 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 Cause that's the thing. Like if you're, if he, he's working egg side and you're on the other side and as a line, on the line at the establishment, there's only two stations. So if you're working next to someone, slow as fuck, you're like, what can I bang out that doesn't involve them? Yeah. That I can like yeah. get out of it. And it's like, if you would do that stuff, like put up something before he'd even seen the ticket. Like if there was like a basket of fries as an appetizer for a ticket hanging in the window, you put the fries up. He's like, what's that for? And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a basket of fries. Somebody ordered as an app. He's like, he would like bitch at you for it. Like, well now we got to get the rest of their ticket done faster because you got that done so fast. And it's like, are you really yelling at me for getting food out fast? Like, <laughs> like listen to yourself. I do remember being in the expo station while this type of shit's happening. And right in that, the corner where the expo station becomes the front of the house area, I would see like Extina or Sonia or like the more, ex- or Nikki, the more experienced waitresses mm-hmm. just stand there just like, Dude, grilling. like rabid fucking dogs. Dude, Xtino is the most savage with that. She'd be like, where the fuck is my... Well, she's such a good waitress that like... Yeah, she you know, was there was That food never sat. She yeah. was there and it was gone. You know what I mean? Dude, was she... As she might have been smoking a cigarette in between too. She still was faster than Schmitz and it was just like... What were you going to say? I was going to say, we, we might have to save the, fu- the final answer of this for the next episode, but is Xtina... Was she the best server? As an expo, I feel like as an expo, you could really judge it because it's like there are people without bias or without having relationships with other people. You know what I mean? Like there were waitresses that we worked together so well because we were on a level. If I was yeah. coming in from like a no bias, a blank eye, yeah, I'd say Christina is the best. Xtina, that's the thing with her that's, though is it's like what. That like you would be like she's the best server, and then she would just not show up for a shift because she was a blackout, <laughs> passed out, wasted somewhere. Yeah, but and it's she like that. Never... That's the thing. It's like she's she was like a savant with it. Where it's just like okay, if she shows up, she's the best. She's the best. But you have like a one in ten chance that she's just not going to show she, up because she's passed. I, out. I would say she also has an advantage because well, she did work there for so long, but she she was always working every shift. Yeah, like. She, like Lindsay was great, 
But Lindsay would not be great on a night shift. Yeah, she only had like one night shift a week, so sometimes she would mess up things. And everyone else was terrible. But dude, the thing with (laughs) Lindsay though would Lindsay would usually admit when she would fuck something up, and that's the thing that's like, like wait staff would always like not want to admit when they fuck something up. It'd be like that would piss me off so much at Expo when they would like come in and put something in late, and like they go put in an appetizer for a ticket that's been up. For like five minutes and then be like, oh, they just told me now they want it. And it's like, no, they told you initially you forgot. You just remembered yes. now you're just putting it in now. And then you're going to blame it on like the, the customers because you don't want to look like a jackass. And that's the expo job. Yeah. You have to deal with that. You're dealing with what these waitresses fucked up or it, didn't fuck up. And in the line bullshit, too. Exactly. And you're right in the fucking middle. Malcolm exactly. in the middle. Exactly, Frankie Muniz. So, I guess next week we we'll get will, into it more. We'll have to tell some more JOC. And we'll, we'll have get, to we tell get, some more Birdman Burling game, dude. Chris, the Burling ass game man. Next time we got to talk about the line. Got to talk about the waitstaff and how the expo is better than all of them and better than everyone because it's us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I want you to write a review. I want you to share it to your family. I want you to send it to your ex-girlfriend. Yes. Your chefs, your dishwashers, any animal that you come across. Any brutal savage. (laughs) Straight up. I'm Max Messier-Richter. I'm Dan Cotter. And we are Rags to Dishes. Stories from the kitchen Kitchen rolls,